Good morning, good morning, good morning. This is Father David with Coffee Conversations. And I'm Deacon Bob. Here we are, another week. I suppose, well, I, I said good morning, but it may not be morning, wherever you are. That's true. But whatever time of day it is, and wherever you are, you're in the car or not, um, good day to you. Good day to you. So, you're having a good week, Deacon Bob? It's been a very good week. Yeah. Um, busy, kind of everything's starting to back, open up again now, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. Uh, meetings are starting for planning, so. Uh, yeah, I know, the, the school year is coming soon. Uh, July 4th, I already saw, you know, that was a number of weeks ago at this point, but school supplies are out, so. Yeah. I know uh, parents might be happy, but kids are probably not. <laughs> I think parents are going to Starbucks the next uh, that morning after they drop their kids off. Exactly, exactly. We had a we had a fun day on Monday as a as a staff. We had our we had our staff Monday fun day. It was. It, it was Top Golf. Yeah, we went to Top Golf for the for the afternoon. So we as a staff, we do uh, two things during the summer. We do a, a staff retreat. Which was uh, a few weeks ago. It was really good. Um, Father Scott Goodfellow, who's uh, now going to be an administrator slash kind of unofficial pastor of St. Mary's in Chardon, kind of down the road. He led us uh, led us in a retreat, which was really good. And then, so you know, you do a little you do a little prayer, and then you do a little fun, you know, together. So we went to Cop Golf and kind of hung out in the morning, and then went to this little restaurant place that. It's like this where you cook together and then and then you eat. What, what was your favorite part of the day? Well, I liked both. I'm not a very good golfer. Uh, most no. people would not use the word golf to describe what I do. Um, <laughs> was it your first time to top golf? First time there, yeah. So that was fun. But I did like the cooking part. Um, we made potato pancakes. There was a French word for it. Oh, yeah. I don't know. I can pronounce it, but <laughs> we grated up the potatoes yeah. and fried them up, kind of like sauteed them. Kind of like, like hash browns, kind of. Like, it's like almost hash kind of like brown, a hash brown quality yeah, potato. Hash brown pancake kind of a thing. It was really, really good. Yeah. So, uh, how were, were you trying? I saw you guys trying to, to flip the, the, the potato pancake. I've seen my son do it. Yeah. You know, like the chef flip. And I've never tried it, but it, they said, all right, it's your turn to do it. I said, well, before I do this, whose job is it to clean up <laughs> whatever the mess is? Yeah. And they said, not yours. And I did it. It was perfect. It was really good. <laughs> nice. Yeah, when you're in someone else's kitchen, it always goes fine. Yeah. When, I don't when you're I... in your own kitchen, that's when, you know, disaster. Yeah, I wouldn't do it at home because I'd be the guy who had to clean it up. So. <laughs> yeah, we, we had that and we made some chicken. What did you do? What was your job? I did. I was on salad detail. Oh okay. So, but it was a it was a uh, winter greens, um, golden and red beets, goat cheese, walnuts, and then like this we made this homemade dressing with um, like citrus, kind of like orange orange stuff, and it, it was, was kinda, really good. Yeah, I didn't I, I didn't know golden beets were a thing. I knew red beets were a thing. Yeah. So they baked the beets. Yeah, they cook they cook they cooked the beets and then we peeled them. So and there were there were some hot beets when we were. I bet. <laughs> and then one group made uh, green beans and onions, mm-hmm. and then the final group did the chicken. Right. So the chef showed us what to do, and I liked he showed us what to do, but didn't do it. Mm-hmm. You know, he demonstrated it, but then said, "Here you go." Kind of let turn. you kind of let you figure it out. Mm-hmm. And we had no disasters. Nobody no. was food poisoned. Uh, Nobody cut their finger off. Cooked the chicken <laughs> enough, you know. But no, that was really good, and I I, I enjoyed Top Golf. I um, 
I've been to the, I haven't played an actual game of golf before, but I've been to the driving range a few times. And it's fun, you know, you have these, these. so if anyone hasn't been before, you have these, it's a dry, huge driving range with like three three decks of, of, uh, of places where you can hit the golf balls. And there's like these huge circles in the middle of the field and they have nets in them. So every golf ball has like, I think it must have like a, like a, it's a digital chip in it where yeah. it, it reads where it, it falls on the, on the, um, on the course. So you can play different games and, and and all that. So it was it was pretty fun. So it was kind of like like bowling, where we sat around and watched the person who was hitting. Mm-hmm. But then there was the TV screen, the monitor that had who was up next, how many points they had. Yeah, it showed you where the ball went right. into that little net. Um, it was pretty phenomenal. Yeah, so highly recommend if you're looking for something to do with uh, the family for the end of the summer. Although the evenings is pretty, it's pretty slammed with people. So if you can go during the daytime, and Tuesdays uh, happens to be half price day. So now my kids were teasing me because I sent them pictures of me going off to work and um, golfing and cooking. Right. And then the couple months ago we had our staff day away, which was like a prayer day and a reflection day. Yeah. And I told them that that was staff development. Mm-hmm. You know that that we work on. <laughs> our spiritual side mm-hmm. and then we work on our team side as well yeah, yeah. it's all about growth you mm-hmm. know one way or the other one way or the yeah. other uh you can have fun doing anything so mm-hmm. speaking of uh growth today we're doing something doing something new i'm teaching deacon bob how to how to how to record the podcast yeah right? normally father david takes over the technical part of things like recording editing yeah, making it sound good. So it's not it's not too hard. We just have a blue microphone and we use Audacity, which is a kind of like a free program. But there's some things you know, I got to figure out how to do in editing and stuff. So, but next week I'm going to be gone with some of the youth of our uh, parish to uh, Catholic Youth Summer Camp, which is a, a high adventure summer camp for kids down in Columbus. So, so I'm uh, I'm hoping that Deacon Bob and, and Father Eric can uh, take the reins next week. So, so if you're listening to this. After next Saturday, and it's me and Father Eric, you'll know that we figured it out. <laughs> it worked. It worked. But but so 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 Deacon Bob's going to school today a little yep. bit. We'll little learn bit. how to do this. I know you were a teacher for a long time, so you got to be in the got to be in the pilot seat a little bit. But, and I, I think the being a lifelong learner, I'm excited to always learn something new. Yeah. yeah. And I know this isn't going to be that hard once you understand it it's just technology kind of has a certain wisdom to it and mm-hmm. once you once you know the buttons you know it's like once you have the once you have all the colors you know on your on your palette and once you know what you're mm-hmm. what you're using you can kind of figure it out from there but kind of like following bob ross painting a picture oh yeah oh yeah <laughs> for sure there'd be some happy trees you know mm-hmm. somewhere but so we're we're teaching digging bob about te- uh, podcast technology and these things and we we're kind of thinking about uh, this idea of formation. So I don't know if we've uh, if you've heard this word before. Um, we don't really talk about it too much, uh, but formation is kind of an important idea that both Deacon and I, uh, Deacon Bob and I, have experienced in our lives in in our seminary, um, kind of experience in, in different ways. So today we want to talk a little bit about formation, like what is it and why why is it important, and how could it help us in our our own life to live uh, to live our faith. In a, in a very real way, so think about what would you say? What would what is formate? What what's the reality of formation? 
I think the best definition I've heard was, how does the gospel change our hearts? So when we're training for either lay ecclesial ministry or diaconate or priesthood, there's always that uh, educational part, the intellect, Mm -hmm. but then there's also that spiritual part, our heart, that our minds change information to understand how the church sees things. And yeah. then our hearts should change understanding the way that Jesus sees things expressed through the church. Yeah. Yeah. So you said the word a number of times. Um, it's this process of change, mm-hmm. right? So formation kind of would come from the word formed, you know, or to, to be formed. You know, I think the, the gospel uses the image of, you know, the, the clay uh, and, and the potter, you mm-hmm. know. So the, so the, the clay spins around and the, the potter uses his hands to um, mold the clay into from a lump of, of, of clay into a jar or a pot or, or something. So it's this kind of reality of things outside of you that are helping you to change uh, to become something. Mm-hmm. And, and yeah, if we're honest with, our, with ourselves and we, if we look at our life, you know, we're, we've all kind of experienced cha- a lot of changes, a lot of changes throughout our life, whether that's when we were young and we were in school and we were learning about you know, the world and, our, and ourselves and, and different things. And then, you know, we move into after school, you know, married life, priesthood, uh, religious life, you know, any, any state in life that we're in, you know, we grow and we change in that kind of sector of our life. And then when we get older and we're, the kids are out of the house and we're, we're with our wife or, you know, doing, doing whatever, um, we're kind of formed in that and that, you know, there's changes that happen in that, mm-hmm. in that time of life, kind of both on the outside and then on the inside too. So we're, you know, we're always changing and growing and sometimes that change is easy and sometimes resistance is futile and right. change is coming either way i know a lot of folks they prepare for retiring long before they retire mm-hmm. how do you let go of some of the things that you're used to right so that when you have to let that go it's a lot easier right and i think formation is like that you know you take years being formed for a ministry or being formed to become married, and it takes a lot longer than one would think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it just doesn't stop at ordination or marriage; it mm-hmm. continues on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so uh, so that's kind of the idea of formation. It's the process of of being changed um, by kind of external factors. So formation—that's what we call—that's what we call seminary. So the seminary is the place where um, uh, priests and deacons and lay ecclesial ministers will go to. Uh, to be formed and to study and to and to grow before they prepare for their official ministry. So, uh, seminary formation was nine years uh, for myself. How long was it for for you, Deacon? At one point, the diaconate formations changed over the years. One point it was three years, then it went to four years. Mm-hmm. Now I think it's five years. So for yeah. us, it was four years. Yeah. So it's a, it's a sizable chunk of time, mm-hmm. right? I mean, I people all ask me, you know, how, how, how long did it take for you to, to become a priest? And I, you know, I say nine years and they're kind of like, you could be like a doctor, you yeah. know? Um, yeah, it's, there's a lot of things, you know, there's a lot mm-hmm. of things that happen uh, kind of within, within that time. Why did you, why did you do formation? Why did you go to the seminary? Well, I was a lay ecclesial minister before I became a deacon. So for that, I pretty much got a master's degree and um, there was three years of formation along with that. For me, it was more than three years because I was on the slow track. Yeah. Um, yeah. But when I was at Lake Catholic, 
the priest chaplain had been reassigned, so I was campus minister. Mm-hmm. And people, I would go to the hospital with a dying father or mother and be with the kids, um, or I'd be at a funeral home. And as a lay ecclesial minister, I just I couldn't offer the presence of the church that people were looking for. Mm-hmm. Not that lay ecclesial ministry is like lesser class, but mm-hmm. but people were just looking for a more official, I don't know a better word than yeah. that. So yeah. that's why I went into formation was I, I knew people needed more than I could offer. And as a deacon, I could offer more than yeah. I was at, as a lay ecclesial minister. Yeah, so there's kind of there's two kind of two parts of it. You so you had a desire, and I'd say the same is for me. There was a desire to um, to step into a new role. There was mm-hmm. a desire to grow in some way. So it kind of starts with our desire, but there was also the church asked us, mm-hmm. you know, to to kind of enter into this formation, you know, process to enter into this time of of growing and all this stuff. We wouldn't maybe necessarily ourselves, you know, sign up for multiple years of of classes and, and, and all kinds of experiences. But so the church, you know, the church asked us to do it. And and there's something and there's something important here. And I think there's a lot of discernment. So when when we first go in or a person first goes into formation, whether it's the ecclesial ministry or diaconate or priesthood, usually the interviewers will say, So why do you feel like you want to do this? And the candidate will say, Because I feel God's calling me. Well mm-hmm. I know at the end of diaconate, I don't know if it was the same with priesthood um, and I know with the lay ecclesial ministry, it's the church who calls you. Sure. You know, God yeah. God may be mm-hmm. calling you, but yeah. it's the church that discerns, are you really the best person for this role? Have you been formed, right? Mm-hmm. It, or, you know, not that we're, not that there's a cookie cutter kind of a thing, but, but you know, have you been formed? You know, have you allowed yourself, you know, this lump of clay, have you been, have you allowed yourself to be uh, impacted and, and grown by the things you, that you've been exposed to? Yeah, kind of over the time. Yeah, and that's where I, that's where I, you know, yes, seminary was nine years. And some could say that like, oh, that's just a lot. You know, that, that's, mm-hmm. you know, I considered it a gift, you know, that the church gave me nine years um, and exposed me to all kinds of things, gave me all kinds of tools, surrounded me with all kinds of people to help me to not just like do the things of priesthood, but to really, uh, to really become a priest. And there's a there's a document that kind of helps to guide what seminaries look like and, and what they do. And there's there's, there's one point uh, there's one point in it that so every everything we do in the seminary leads to um, becoming you know becoming someone uh, becoming a priest. And there's there's this line uh, for every priest his spiritual formation is the core that unifies and gives life to his being a priest and his acting uh, as a priest. So. It's not just like, oh, we have to learn, you know, certain jobs and tasks, but it's about becoming someone uh, so that you can be someone in the church. So it's, it, there's, there's a deeper transformation that should happen in the seminary. And in formation, there's kind of, there's four pillars or four main areas of like what happens in formation. Uh, in the seminary, uh, there's human formation, spiritual formation, pastoral formation, and intellectual formation. So these are different areas. So in the sense of like when you go to seminary, it's not just priest school where mm-hmm. you, where you're just taking classes and learning things. It's not just a head uh, kind of intellectual experience. It's a whole person experience. So they teach us prayer. You know, there's classes on spirituality. We have holy hours and masses, and we pray together. We go on retreats. Um, pastoral formation that we have field uh, 
field education experiences. So we go serve uh, uh, in the hospitals or with the poor, or I worked with uh, migrant and refugee services one year, and that was very interesting. Uh, we go work in parishes. Uh, so it's like there's a whole, there's a whole experience of learning how to love and, and teach in different ways. And the um, lay ecclesial ministry and diaconate have those same four pillars. And the goal is the same. How do we expose the candidates for lay ecclesial ministry or diaconate to different areas of service to get outside of your usual parish setting to a larger parish setting or mm-hmm. larger diocesan understanding? Yeah. Um, how did how did formation change you? Was was yeah. there a change in how you thought before you went into formation and afterwards? For sure. Yeah. I definitely think so, and not just not just the way I think, but the kind of the way you know I just I am in the world mm-hmm. in a very real sense. I think one of the gifts of of that whole time of taking classes and doing all these things, you know, I came to recognize my gifts in a very real way. You begin to look at your life and see like who has God created me to be, like what what are my gifts, whether that's writing or um, or enjoying music or um, I don't know, kind of lots of different things that. You begin to realize who God has created you to be, and kind of rejoice and embrace and 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 use that in a very way, real way. I know for me, um, there's a pamphlet, and it it says who is a deacon. I always thought it was like what was a deacon, mm-hmm. but it was the who that was important. I would, did a lot of retreat work, and I could pretty much do a retreat talk at the drop of a hat. Mm-hmm. So we were doing homiletics, like how to give a homily. Yeah. So I prepared the wrong reading. Nice. <laughs> nice. It worked out really well. So I just went off script and did my typical usual retreat sure. talk sure. as Bob the Bible guy. And after I was done, the the professor of the class, who was also the director of the diaconate, looked at me and goes, what the hell was that? <laughs> well. Yeah. <laughs> so there was definitely a difference between Bob the Bible guy and Bob the Deacon. And it took yeah. me like four years. Yeah. And I'm still trying to figure out what mm-hmm. what does it mean to be a deacon? And how do I respond to people's needs? And how do I represent the church? Sure. Not just sure. Bob the Bible guy's version of Catholicism, but yeah, what's the church's view on things? Yeah, where, where is the church coming from? And how can we be a representative of that? Because mm-hmm. as clergy, that's, that's kind of our role within the church, to represent uh, the church's tradition and to represent the church's kind of presence uh, in a in a unique way, you know. And the lay ecclesial ministers do that same formation, you know. Sure. As, as a certified lay ecclesial minister, you represent the church, mm-hmm. and it's that same growth and formation that folks go through. Yeah, yeah. But otherwise, I think, I think being I was thinking about it being uh, what what changed in formation. I think my ability to be vulnerable. Uh, to to kind of open my life and being being vulnerable before other people, uh, sharing myself and and being honest with myself too. Like, what are my gifts? Uh, what are the things that I need to work on? And to kind of that vulnerability, I think that's a that's an important kind of gift and and skill. And then prayer life too. You know, my relationship with God in prayer, and which is something that's still growing and being formed. I I'm, I think I'm learning more about prayer and priesthood than than I did in seminary in some ways. So yeah, you're always you're always growing. You're always you're always changing. And you know, for me, a big issue was surrender. You know, when I got married, I surrendered a lot of my wants 
to my wife and my family. Mm-hmm. Um, when I became a lay ecclesial minister, I surrendered some of my independence and um, free thinking to adapting to how does the church see things. And then as a deacon, it was definitely surrender to the institution. Mm-hmm. I remember I, I was supposed to do a talk uh, for the Diocese of Youngstown on Saturday. And so on Wednesday, I told the director that I wasn't going to be able to be at class on Saturday. And then on the next day, I, after I told him, I got a call from him saying, the bishop is concerned. Mm. I went, oh, God, four words I don't ever want attached to my name. The bishop is concerned. concerned. So I had to go meet with the bishop about was I serious about diaconate. And because mm-hmm. at our ordination, we promise obedience to the bishop and his successors. Sure. And it was one of those, you know, am I really, can I really do that? Sure. And it was a change in my understanding of diaconate and even a lay ecclesial minister, that we surrender to yeah. the authority of the church and also to God. How do, you, how do we surrender to God all those things we keep fighting to keep control right. over? Right. Yeah, I remember at the beginning of seminary, one of my favorite quotes, one of my favorite Bible passages was, uh, he who loses his life for my sake saves it. Mm-hmm. And so seminary was like this nine-year process of like really coming to realize what that means. You know? And really life is the process of coming to know what that means. But, you know, just it, just in different ways, you know, through all the gifts that the church wanted, wanted to give me kind of through, in that time so that I could share those with others. You know, that it's not about the, the time of seminary isn't about what it's not about me, about building up my own gifts and skills, but they're they're gifts for the church. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it is that whole that whole process. But, you know, I think why we talk about this, it gives us a perspective on on, on our faith life, you know. Are we growing? You know, how are we growing? Because we really should be growing, you know, in, in some way. And we should be open to the growth that God wants in us. Um, and that can happen, you know, in and through the church. You know, that's why Jesus gifted us the church. So that we're not alone in the journey of life. And, you know, the things the church provides, you know, first, we exist to worship God. We, we exist to uh, evangelize. But we also exist to kind of to be community and to be formed as a community. So the things the church, you know, so we pray together, certainly on, on weekends, but, mm-hmm. you know, we have different programs here at the church, Bible studies and the Alpha program and youth ministry and, and uh, the, um, uh, the food pantry. Mm-hmm. And all these things are helping to us to grow in our understanding of ourselves and our understanding of our faith. So maybe if you've been away from the church for a little bit, we just um, uh, maybe just invite you to please to please come and to be uh, exposed to the things that we're, we're doing here, not just um, not just for your own sake, but for the, certainly the sake of all the people that we encounter, that it, it can really satisfy this desire, you know, to grow um, uh, in your life. And I think for folks that are here at church a lot, a lot of the veterans, and I know for me, being a veteran um, of the church, sure. uh, <laughs> <laughs> you hear like the first couple lines of a scripture story or a scripture passage at church or the gospel being read and just flip it off because it's like, yeah, I know how the story ends. Mm-hmm. But every time we come for Mass, we have the opportunity for the gospel to change our hearts. Right. Even if we've been doing this for the last 50 years. Well, how is God calling me to change today to better love God 
and to better love those people sitting next to me and those people that I am going to encounter throughout the day. Right. And then ultimately, you know, the goal of all of this is to become saints mm-hmm. and to be and to be in heaven. So, yeah, where is that desire within us, and how are we how are we working? Uh, how are we responding to God's gift and call in our life to be the saints that He's called us to be? So, hopefully, that's our our prayer today. And um, and yeah, so good. And tune in next time for uh, to see if Father Eric and I can pull off technology. Indeed, and, uh, and pray for their formation in, uh, yes. in the technology. And how do we use audacity? Indeed. Um, It'll be good. It'll be good. It'll be but fun. Can you close us out with uh, with a prayer? Sure. Let's pray. In the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Lord God, we ask you to open our minds and our hearts to your word that you might form us like the potter shapes clay into people that love you first and then share that love with other people. And we ask you, Lord, to um, just help us to remember that you are our Father in heaven, and you are the Father of all those we encounter. And we ask these things as we ask all things for Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. Father, the Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. All right, everybody, have a blessed day. Uh, have fun. Maybe uh, take a, if you're a golfer, take out the the golf clubs and swing away a little bit. And get some practice. We have a <laughs> golf tournament coming up uh, uh, Monday. On Monday, so yeah. I will not be playing golf no. <laughs> in any form of the definition. We'll be a caddy. No, uh-uh. I think okay. I'm gonna sit that one out. Nice. All right. Well, hey, have fun. Talk to you soon. God bless. Mm-hmm.